Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hello, and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. We are so excited to bring you this show. Our podcast is all about unraveling all of your favorite mysteries from the Assassin's Creed games. Each episode, we'll be talking about a different topic in the Assassin's Creed universe. From Pieces of Eden, Solar Flares, and the Isu, to the Hidden Ones, the Order of Ancients, and of course, the Animus. We will seek to uncover it all. So join us, and maybe even take a leap of faith. Hello and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Shelby or SheCup. I'm one of your hosts for this show and I'm super, super, super excited to be here for this very special episode. And I am joined by my co-host Austin and I will let him introduce himself. Yeah, so I'm Austin, also known as Teacup, and we have a very special episode this week. We do, and we have a special episode because we have a guest with us, and it's our first patron chat, so we definitely want to welcome Eli, one of our patrons, to the episode today. Welcome. Thanks. I'm excited to be here with you guys. Yeah, we're super excited to kind of dive into our topic, Um, and before we get started, we just want to give a thank you to all of our patrons. We have a few, and we're just super thankful for all the ways that y'all support us, so we will be doing patron chats once a month. This is our first one, and we're excited to kind of get into this rhythm and routine. Um, Austin, do you want to introduce our questions, or do you want me to? I can do that. So we have three questions today for the pay- for this ch- chat and they come as follows who is your all-time favorite assassin who is your all-time favorite templar and who is your all-time favorite villain so yeah so i think how we'll structure this is we'll just go through each question at a time 
and we'll all three answer and then we'll move on to the next question. Yeah, I agree. That's great. And we can also um, just kind of like give comments on other answers. Like Austin, if I think you're totally wrong, I'm going to tell you you're wrong (laughs) and stuff like that. Not really because it's your favorite, but you know what I mean. So, yeah, let's start with the first one. And that is the favorite assassin. And as our guest of honor, we'll let you go first, Eli. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I this one stumped me for a while, and I actually had to do like a tiered ranking um, for a bit because I started, I like started playing the games honestly with the first one, and have pretty much kept up since then. So like my favorite has definitely shifted with the series. I feel like it's the cop out answer to say Ezio, but he's always near and dear to my heart as kind of the first one that I fell in love with. So I will say my secondary favorite is actually Edward Kenway. Like, I think he it's the first time that like I saw them kind of try and break the mold in terms of what an assassin could be and that it didn't have to be somebody who was like 100% tied into all of the ideology and stuff like that. It could be someone who was just kind of like, okay, I agree with some pieces of it. Yeah, Edward's up there for me too. Um, I do think that he kind of introduces the mold that we see in the newer games of someone not being fully into the assassin way. I mean, we can't really put Bayek in that corner because definitely Cassandra and Eivor would definitely fall kind of similar into that area of like not quite an assassin and Eivor straight up, no, denies the assassin. So yeah, and I weirdly, I found in my recent replay that I think Cassandra is like top three for me at this point. Like, it was never like that before. And then honestly, I started listening to the show and it got me back into Odyssey. But I think I like, like you said, I think I like Cassandra for the same reasons I like Edward. Like, someone who's a little bit outside. And I think with Edward was the first time that we saw them start to play with, like, what is an assassin? What is a Templar? Are the assassins always right? Are the Templars always wrong? Like, what's going mm. on? here um and i'm not gonna lie i was always a little bit bitter that we didn't get any follow-up on edward's story after black flag i felt like there was more to go there yeah i agree with that shelby i will also add no i wouldn't know but i will add you know i'm in the midst of black flag right now and i am really enjoying it i really really like it i think it's really well done i also really just like the the setting um but I do find it funny, like multiple, multiple times people have just been like, oh, Edward, you're so ugly. And I'm just like, why are you attacking my boy like this? <laughs> They're just so mean to him. He's not even ugly. No, he's not. I think it's just like he's dirty. He's a pirate. Like, you oh. know, people look down on pirates, I guess. But no, they are really they're really attacking him. <laughs> Well, Shelby, we'll let you go because I can go last. Sure. So um, I have two. I couldn't really narrow it down. And these may come out of left field. It may shock you. It may surprise you. It may awe you because my answer is not Ezio. I love Ezio. I simp over Ezio. But Ezio is not my favorite assassin of all time. And I couldn't narrow it down. So I had to pick two. But I really, really love Bayek. And I also really loved Aveline from Liberation. And I feel like that one is the answer that's super out of left field because I don't feel like a lot of people know about her. But I'll give you my reasons for both. Um, 
I loved Bayek first because that was the first game I played and I just really fell in love with it and it was great. But um, what I loved specifically about Bayek is that he is a really good example of a man who is able to grieve, is able to feel his emotions, is able to like be a human and not necessarily feel like, oh, I have to put this mask on. I can't like feel the things I feel about my child who died. Um, And I really love that. And you see actually kind of an inversion of what you would think would be the stereotypical roles where like the man pushes his feelings down and the woman is emotional and that's reversed in in origins whereas aya is the one who pushes her emotions down and just like barrels forward with the things she wants to do and bayek is like no i want to feel my feelings i i want to get vengeance for my son um so that's what i love about bayek and then my second one is aveline and i just finished liberation pretty recently and really honestly loved it a lot um loved the new orleans setting but i feel like Aveline is just such a fun character because for a lot of reasons, but she's so young. She occupies a really distinct place in history and in the Assassin's Creed universe as a person of mixed race. Um, You know, her father is a white business owner and even a slave owner who owned her mom, um, who was a slave. Ultimately her, her dad freed her mom and that's part of the storyline. But like, she very much feels like she doesn't fit in and she's looking um, for like kind of her role in society. And she breaks all, um, I feel like all of the the boundaries of like what you're supposed to do as a woman in that time period where like she's working for her father's business. She becomes an assassin. She's like a trained killer. And she does all of these things that like you wouldn't expect a woman to do in the 1700s. And so I really loved that. I haven't played Liberation in like years, but listening to you talk about your playthrough made me like want to go back and play it because I feel like I just don't remember enough about that game. Um, and also totally agreed on Bayek. Um, Origins came out like right around the time that I we had our first kid. And so like there was definitely like, I felt like the emotional tie to Bayek, like I could... I see where you're coming from in terms of like, he's Mm -hmm. like really like, he's got that emotional tie that a lot of them don't have. Like, Ezio is like, Ezio is, I feel like designed to be like your favorite character as a high schooler. Like he's like Batman (laughs) and Bayek is one of the first times where I feel like they really hit on like, this is a real, like true character. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really, really agree with that. And I would say for anybody who's listening, if you feel the same way about Liberation, you should definitely play it um, because I think it does hold up as a game. Like it's not perfect. There are definitely some bugs and you can tell that it's it's a like it's a port. Like you can kind of tell like, OK, there's this like this wasn't seamless. Um, but regardless, it's still really good. The story is great. Um, and I just I really enjoyed it. You know, I went in like no expectations whatsoever. So um, I think if you go in that way, you're probably going to be pleasantly surprised. So there are two Assassin's Creed games that have made me cry. And I wanted to note that I never cry. Like I did not cry. I did not cry in Mass Effect 3. So, you know, like, even though I did feel sad in that game, but 
there are two Assassin's Creed games that I cried in, and both of them are Origins and Odyssey, and both of them involve children. Um, which is sorry, spoiler, Shelby, but one is with one moment is both the scene the scene where Bike does kill his son, um, or is like act the accidental death of his son, and then the other is when Cassandra gives up her child. Um, both the voice acting and the cinematography have been really great. And those have been in those moments, it really kind of stepped forward in there talking about like, oh, this is now like not just a mature game because there's death and swearing and the occasional nudity. This is a mature game because it deals with mature concepts. Definitely. Like I like I said, like I I had struggled with Odyssey for a long time before I started listening to the show and that like encouraged me to get back into playing it. And I had not played the portion of the story where she does give up the child and like totally agree like it floored me when it happened and i think is a major part of the reason why she like became like a top three character for me Mm -hmm. absolutely also it's very you really get the theme of like her voice as a voice actor and Mm -hmm. just the design of that game if you get the worst ending oh yeah yeah because I did that the first time played through, okay. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> I've like done. I've done both. I will say that I got the good ending most recently, so it's been a bit since I did the bad ending. But like, I've tried to play with Alexios instead of Cassandra, and it gave up after like an hour and a half. Like, it just is not the same. You've got to get. You got to get to the point where your sibling is introduced. Mm-hmm. Because it's worth it to see Cassandra as the villain. Okay. I'll have to give her another try. Um, I kind of get to go a little left field too, because I also have two. Um, I've said before, AC3 is my favorite game, and I love Connor. I've said before, I think Connor is one of the best representations of what it means to be an assassin and what sacrifice for the Brotherhood means. And after my recent replay of three and watching Shelby replay three, that just kind of solidified me more. But my number two is Adewale, which again, I think is another just like person who you look at and say, okay, the cre- the Assassin's Creed is not just words to you. It's not just something like, it's something real that means something to you. And how Adewale... I'm not going to go into much because Shelby's playing this game, but how he interacts with Edward and how he interacts in his DLC is just amazing writing and amazing character development. I'm seeing a little bit of that now, um, just like in in Black Flag. And I've had one or two conversations of cutscenes with him and um, or like... No, there was one cutscene with Edward and some of the other pirates and then Adewale and Edward having like some dialogue on the ship. And I was like, okay, I can see, I can see where this is going. Like, you're right. This does really, really mean something to you. Like it isn't just words. And I think, I think the most powerful characters are the ones that you can say that about um, because they're the most well-written. They're the most well-rounded. They, they almost feel like real, they, they could be real people. And I think it really speaks for the series as a whole that like, it's so hard to narrow down like a singular favorite because they're all like, they're all so interesting and have their own ties to the creed and what the creed means to them and whether it means anything to them and to what extent. And like, 
yes, like some of the later conversations with with Adewale and Edward are phenomenal. Um, and I feel like I never really, I, I'm getting ready to pl- replay AC3. I feel like I never really gave Connor enough of a, like, enough of a try as a character, I think, because I was coming straight off of Ezio and he's such a different mm-hmm. take on the character that I'm excited to kind of give it another try now and see how I feel. Yeah, definitely. Um, does anyone have any other thoughts of favorite assassins before we move on to our next question? All right, so we'll go with who is your all-time favorite Templar from the other side. Uh, I'll go first this time. So mine, I actually finally, I said before this podcast that my favorite, two of my answers would be the same, but that's no longer the case because I thought about it more. My favorite Templar is Otto Berg, um, which is a modern day Templar. And he just like, he he kind of like, especially when you see him in the comics and you get his point of view, um, he just is like that kind of villain where you do feel sympathy for and like, you don't necessarily want him to succeed in what he's trying to do, but you don't want him to fail either. And I think that that is just a well-written Templar in that, in that he in a lot of ways with the Templars is kind of like Haytham in the same way with me in that like Haytham is a Templar and it's also is a Templar and they both do terrible things and evil things, but they're really honestly trying to make the world a better place. They believe that they are actually trying to make the world a better place and not in this like cartoonish villain kind of way, like you would with Rodrigo Borgia or even Governor Torres and other people like that. So I'm going with Otto Berg. I never like thought of him in the same way as Haytham, but like now that you say that, like that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I definitely, again, I feel like for a long time I didn't give enough, I didn't pay enough attention to like the modern day storyline, especially after Desmond dies. Like mm-hmm. I stopped paying much attention. Um, but I can definitely, like, I can see the, like, the similarities there in terms of, like, wrong decisions, but for the quote-unquote right choice, or right reason, rather. Right. So, either of you can go next, it doesn't matter. Well, my answer is kind of similar, because you talk about Haytham, and I, I wrote down Haytham for mine, and for very similar reasons, because I agree with you that villains who are not just like this easy black and white are so much more compelling even though for me personally like i want my stories oftentimes to be easy like okay i can hate you and i don't feel bad about it or like i don't have any conflicting opinions because you know real life is gray real life is not black and white so sometimes in video games it's just it's just easier (laughs) if you can just hate the character right but haytham is is not that he is he is literally the definition of a gray character. Um, he does good things. He does bad things. He has good takes. He has hot takes. Um, he treats his child terribly. And then in other ways he cares for him and makes sure he doesn't die, you know? Um, so I, I definitely think Haytham is my favorite for now. It may change in the future. Um, a thing that I, I often think about is, 
the comparison between Haytham and Dragon Age Solus um, from Dragon Age Inquisition, if anyone who's listening is familiar, I feel like they have a lot in common. I feel like they would be best friends for life. I feel like Haytham, I feel like Haytham would convince Solus of like, that that maybe humans aren't all bad um because i just think they have so much in common with this like way of thinking that their way is the only way that you can that that makes sense like the way, the the things that they want to do can only be done in the way that they want to do them and if you are not that way you are wrong and they will not be convinced otherwise and so i feel like they have a lot in common because of that even though it's obviously like totally different like genres and everything um but i do think that they would be friends and so um Haytham is for sure up there for me i don't know if that surprises you at all austin no, I think that's probably who I would have, if you had asked me to pick for you, that's probably who I would have picked for you, just because the other Templars you interacted with really don't hold a candle to hate them in a lot of ways. I feel like Haytham is, I feel about Haytham in a very similar way that I feel about like Edward Kenway, where I feel like Haytham is the first time we saw a Templar who, again, made you question like, okay, is everything they're trying to do bad? Like, are there some good things that they're trying to do? Like, again, going about it the absolute wrong way, but like seeing like the first time, okay, this isn't like black and white. Like this character has got some points. They're trying to do the right thing. They're just pointed in the wrong direction about it. And like, yeah, Haytham was honestly my choice, like up until like 30 seconds before we started the call as well. I actually, so I had it as Haytham and then I switched right before the call started and this might be a bit of a cheat, but uh, I think Shay Cormac might be my favorite. Mm-hmm. Again, for very similar reasons to what we've just talked about with Otso Berg and Haytham. Like, again, we're seeing, I think, a character who walks that line of, like, they're disillusioned. They think that they are doing the right thing and in some ways they are trying to do the right thing. But again, just going about it in the totally wrong way. And I think like, I don't know, I feel like several games in a row, the series really tried to kind of lean in more on the like, okay, we've shown you a lot of like black and white assassins good, Templars bad. And now we're going to lean more in the other direction and say like, okay, but is this actually still the case? Or are there good and bad players on kind of both sides here? And then I feel like that kind of, went away over time like i don't know that i feel like that's as much there with like the rpg games um not that it's as black and white even with those but i i don't know i i felt like they were trying to do something and then it never really came to fruition (laughs) i think we still kind of get this i think it's hard it's hard to paint the templars in an in a like gray morally gray light when they get assigned to some of the most horrific villains in our actual history. Like, it's hard for us to get redeemable factors when we remember, oh yeah, like, Haytham's great, so maybe Templars aren't all bad. Oh yeah, the Templars are also the Nazis. Like, it's hard to... Yeah, no, definitely. I 100%, uh, 100% agree. Like, like, he, like, Haytham's great, but like the rest of the 
colonial templars are some of my like least favorite villains in the series because they're just awful so yeah that makes sense yeah well i think we should go to our break and then we can come back with our favorite villain which may or may not be the similar answers for some of us we shall see but yeah let's go to the break Shoot! Shoot the flying demon! Malaka! 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 I get the sense you two are ill-fit for whatever it is you're plotting. <laughs> this one takes us for a fool, brother. We sons of Ragnar have this well under control. No, we do not. Sons of Ragnar. I know of many, but never have I heard of dull and duller. Welcome to the middle of the show. This is where we talk about all the things that have to do with the Assassin's Creed lore cast and not necessarily the lore of Assassin's Creed. So the first thing that we always do in the middle of the show is thank our patrons. This is our monthly patron chat. We're super thankful to all of our few patrons who do support us. And this is one of the benefits. If you join us at the $20 tier and up, um, you can come on the show too every month. Um, So if If you are interested in that, make sure you sign up. And if not, there are definitely other tiers for you to sign up at too. And if you can't support us financially, we completely understand that. But the best way to support us is to leave us a rating or a review if you can't support us on Patreon. So we do have a review to read today. Um, Now, if you want to leave us a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. You can leave us one with words on Apple. So if you leave us a five star with some kind words, we will read that out on the show. And so this one today comes from Wolveser and they said, much love. Just want to say I appreciate the deep dives into the lore. I've read and listened to all the material played all the games and it's amazing to hear from another's perspective if you all ever have ever decide to have a guest on to chat and speculate i'd be more than happy to hop on keep it up thank you so much wolveser we are super thankful that you took the time out to send us that awesome review and then um the next thing i have to talk about in the middle of the show is that we have a discord server it's my favorite place on the internet we just started a minecraft server so if you want to hang out with us play other games talk about our shows whatever discord is definitely the place to do that and you can find the link to the discord server in this episode description so the last thing that we have to talk about is my playthrough which i am in black flag right now i am like maybe sequence four ish three or four i don't remember exactly where i'm at um but i've started upgrading the ship i've done a bunch of i've sailed a bunch of things i don't know where i'm at but i have sailed the ship to a lot of places so i'm enjoying it so far i really do like edward um i agree with what we've said earlier in this episode that he is like a break from the person who's kind of completely bought into the mission of the assassins um and so i'm enjoying it i'm having a good time i know austin has watched me a little bit um play so i don't know if he has thoughts or Eli, if you have um, things you want to add about Black Flag 2, um, now is the time. Yeah, I'm super excited to hear about how you feel about the rest of the game, especially as you kind of get into the later parts of the game. Um, I think Edwards, I think we see a really cool character trajectory with Edwards. So yeah, I'm excited, uh, excited for you to see the rest of the game. 
Um, I'm just going to warn you now, uh, this is not a happy game. That's fair, but but um, I raise you all of the other Assassin's Creed games that are also not happy games. Um, this one, it takes a lot to get Edward to where he needs to be, is all I'll say. To bounce okay, off of that's what apocalyptic. <laughs> to bounce off of what Austin said earlier, the final scene of this game is the first Assassin's Creed game that made me cry. Like, okay. 100% honest. Wow. The, like, scene before the credits? Yes. Yes. The the one that involves the song. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, as I said in the thing, the end, end, end of Black Flag, the post-credits scene, is the only Assassin's Creed game to shock me and to subvert my expectations. I'm nervous. <laughs> Y'all are building this game up. It's a great one. Well, I mean, it was like everyone's favorite game. Like I remember when I was, I think I was in college. Um, my brother got this game and played it for years. Like, literally years he played this game so you know it has to be good if people are doing that so there's something compelling about it for sure in history the only game that has ranked higher than black flag in like official rankings is assassin's creed 2 i think black flag is similar i think they made a similar like gameplay and story jump with black flag as they would later do with the rpg series where it was just like like there was just suddenly this whole new like everything's bigger this conflict is much bigger there's more going on a lot of what is introduced and established in black flag is what we it, it's final like destination is what we get in odyssey interesting well i am definitely excited to keep playing and uh keep seeing the story but for now let's get back into our topic Me, Haytham, I come in peace. Why are you speaking so slow? Sorry. What? Um, I, I was told you could train me. No. Go away. I'm not leaving. Bianca! Bianca! Is everything all right? What do you think? Look at this place! And poor Bianca. If something's happened to her... Aha! Oh, my darling. Thank God you're all right. Ezio, meet Bianca. Bianca, Ezio. Charmed. All right, so our last question is, who is your favorite villain? So, Shelby, we'll let you go first this time. Okay, so I have two. Um, these are both random, and I don't even think you can classify one as a villain, but I think he's a villain, so we're going to go for it. But oh, my gosh, I know who I, it is. <laughs> do you? Why don't you say it if you know who it is? You're going <laughs> to throw out William Miles, aren't you? No, I should have done that. Oh, man. That would be great. Um, no, actually, I didn't put William Miles. 
Um, I Machiavelli is who I was referring to because I do feel like all of Brotherhood is basically setting you up to think that he's the one that's betraying the assassins and is actually with the Templars. And then at the end, you find out, oh, it's not actually him or whatever. Um, but he just he is so aggressive in that game. Um, and I do think it's a fun twist that it's not him, that he actually is like loyal to the assassins after all. Um, so he's villainous esque, but my real favorite villain is um, again, this is in origins, but um, this is the scarab, I think. And it's Taharka. And he's the mm. one that poisons Bayek and like buries him in the ground um, and all of that. That is, that scene was the the most I have been shocked in an Assassin's Creed game ever so far. Um, nothing has topped that. So that just because it surprised me so much, I totally wasn't expecting him to be the bad guy at all because he'd been so friendly and, you know, his kid was so cute and everything. Um, I just wasn't expecting it, like totally blew my mind. So for that reason, I, I had to pick him. So, Austin, I didn't pick William Miles. <laughs> I feel like history-wise, I understand why they had to go with the villains for Origins that they did. But I always felt like Taharka would have been a better, like, big bad end villain. Because I think he's such a great foil to Bayek in terms of, like, mm -hmm. they both want the same things. Right, but again, are just going about it in totally different ways. And I, I don't I always wish that we could have seen a little bit more there with them because yeah you're like he's great right. i really I, agree with that um i i feel like I, I i think i agree with you that like the inclusion of the romans and the caesars like they have to do that for history sake um but i think that it would have been um, a more impactful game not that the game wasn't impactful and compelling because it was and it's probably still my favorite assassin's creed game but i think it would have been more compelling if it had been an egyptian as the big bad as the villain because then it's like okay well rome isn't this big invading for they are invite invading but maybe they're not all bad like maybe there are people in our own country who are also bad. Um, so I think that that could have, you're right, could have been an interesting diversion or foil too. Um, but Austin, you wanted to add something too? Uh, I was just going to say in a similar way, like audit or origins very much builds up to like Ptolemy is kind of like the mastermind behind this. And then you realize that it's actually Caesar and it, that's supposed to be kind of like a betrayal, but you know, any of us who are students of Shakespeare or of just general history see Julius Caesar and go, oh, he's going to be the villain. You can't know he's involved and not know he's the villain. Right. So I'll go last so you can go, Eli. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of alluded to this earlier, and I'm going with a group instead of an individual the Colonial Templars are always the villains that kind of stick out in my head. I think, um, in particular, Charles Lee. Like, I think they did such a good job of, like, he's truly monstrous, but, like, realistically so. Like, part of what makes him monstrous is, like, he's not cartoonish. Like, the stuff that he's doing is very believable. 
And like, and I know that part of all of it is again, they're trying to set him up as a foil to Hytham so that Hytham can kind of sit in that gray area between, you know, Connor and Charles Lee. Um, but like the, the colonial Templars um, always stick out to me. I, I like the Borgias, but they always seemed a little cartoonish, like cartoonishly evil. I felt like the colonial Templars were the first time where like, again, we saw like a more realistic take on like who the villains could be. I definitely agree with that. Um, Charles Lee is on there for like my actual real life hated people. Like people I look back in history and be like, you sucked. Um, So he's up there for me. And like, he's definitely, I view him as the true antagonist to AC3, not hate them. Um, But just because he's so like, we've all known people like Charles Lee, like people who have had privilege in their life, who are mediocre at best, who think they deserve the world, but really they're just crappy. And so I think that makes him compelling. He was on my top list, um, but some, as I was thinking about it, some people, another one just came into my mind and really took the cake for me. Uh, But do you have thoughts on Charles Lee, Shelly? I am just shocked that you're choosing someone different than Charles Lee for your your most hated or favorite villain. So um, I'm just kind of in a, in a state of shock right now. <laughs> so are you ready? Let's hear it. So I'm going to go with my criteria for favorite villain for me. A villain has to be believable. I have to be afraid of them. And the villain has to wield like true undeniable power, especially over the protagonist. And for me, there is no one in the Assassin's Creed universe that better exemplifies this than Crawford Sterick from Assassin's Creed Syndicate. He is just, he sits at the height of industry during the Industrial Revolution. He base he controls everything. He does this big old speech about this cup of tea and how he controls everything from the tea coming into the harbor to it being brewed in his household and that it's done by all all done by people who work for him. And to me, I sat there and I was like, you have to die. You are too much power and you suck and you have to die. And I... I enjoyed his boss fight, if that's what we're going to call it, in there, which was an interesting mechanic because it's the first time we get a point where we're switching between Jacob and Evie, like, simultaneously. Like, you go up and you fight Steric, and then Jacob gets knocked back, and then you go fight as Evie, and then she gets knocked back, and all this kind of switcheroo, and it was just a really good point. And then you just get... For me, it was a lot of times where we got scenes with the villains where the protagonist wasn't seeing that scene, which I know doesn't make sense from an animus perspective, but whatever. It helped develop the character for me. That's such a great choice that I never would have thought of. Like, I feel like Syndicate is such an underrated game. And you're right, like that cup of tea speech is like a phenomenal piece of writing and acting and like like i i'll be honest and say i don't remember 100 percent of the game but as soon as you mentioned like the tea speech i was like oh yes i like i remember this like it sticks out in my brain so clearly um yeah i 
Love that choice. So that's my favorite villain. It was going to be Crawford Sterrick was going to be both favorite Templar and favorite villain. But then I remembered Otto Berg. And so I thought he deserved a shout out. I will say, I don't know anything about Syndicate, so I have no thoughts. Head empty, no thoughts. But um, I will say, we talk about Otto Berg like a lot on this podcast. So I definitely see that answer. And he um, is really important to the lore. So I think that's a good choice. And Otto Berg is kind of that kind of moment of like, this jerk will not die. And he's one of the few, like, I feel like he's one of the few, like, characters that we see consistently show up from, like, roughly the middle of the series, like, on, um, when they were, I won't say they were floundering for characters after everything happened with Desmond, but, like, it took a while for them to settle on who they were going to focus on, and I love that we've continued to see Otto Berg, like, come back and play a part in so many pieces of games since then. Right. I do have some honorable mentions that I want to throw out um, that we've had. Obviously, Ezio gets an honorable mention for favorite assassin. Like, he's up there. Um, I think Warren Vidic should go up there for favorite for Templar or villain, just because he's the first one we're introduced to and we're with, we have him as a villain for so long. Like, there is, you can't really have the Assassin's Creed franchise without Warren Vidic. And so I think he deserves a kind of shout out there. And I really wanted him to die. So I think that very is much agree. very understandable. <laughs> Do you have that... other honorable mentions, Austin, or is that it? Um, that's really it for me um, of the two that I think deserve a shout out. Um, obviously, Bike and Aya, I think, take a cake for when it comes to like best assassins, because is are there assassins without Bike and Aya? Like, Points were made. That's fair. I think for me, my honorable mention assassin would be Achilles. Um, I just have a soft spot for grumpy old people because like I want to be them. So, you know, I feel like he really does embody that kind of like unwilling mentor father figure trope. And so I, I love that. Like I'm a sucker for that. So I love him. I also think he is another person that understands the gravity and the weight of what it means to be an assassin. And when, when Connor first comes to him, Connor's like, he does not, he does not understand the gravity of what he's trying to do. And Achilles is a really good teacher and that he's like, I'm not teaching you. No. And then he's like, okay, fine. And it's a whole thing. Um, But I think Achilles does a good job of teaching Connor. Like this is serious. This is not flippant. Like, You've got to take this seriously. So I do love Achilles for that. You'll get more Achilles content coming up. I agree on your assessment of Achilles. I'm excited to you, like when you get more content with Achilles um, to hear more about what you think of him. For similar reasons, I actually like honorable mention um, Mario, actually, like Uncle Mario from AC2. Again, like I think he's a great, I think he does a great job of handling this like teenage character that just wants to like run off and kill everybody. And like he handles like that so well in terms of like, Hey, I'm not stopping you from doing this. I'm just saying like, be smart about it and let me show you like the right way to do this. And I was so mad when he just straight up dies in like the first six minutes of um, brotherhood. Yeah. I think with that, with Mario and, 
I was really mad when he dies in Brotherhood, but it really does set up. I think without that scene, we wouldn't care about stopping Cesare as much as a player. Ezio obviously would, but when we watched Mario get gunned down, we were like, okay, like the gloves are off. All bets are off. The Cesare is going to die. Definitely. I think Ezio is a character who like needs that personal connection, especially in the first two games, like needs a per- like a personal connection or a reason to like mm-hmm. focus his energies on something. Um so yeah, I know I I totally agree from a story perspective, but I always wished we could have had more uh, with Uncle Mario. Uh, Mario has the best Easter egg in all of Assassin's Creed. The, it's a me, Mario. Love it's it. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, Mario is a great, great honorable mention. I can't believe I kind of forgot about him um, when I was thinking about this. So definitely, that's a good answer. Well... <laughs> I think we have just about exhausted our time. So Austin, is there any other assassins, Templars, villains, anybody that we want to mention or talk about before we kind of wrap this thing up? Um, William Miles is the best assassin. William Miles. I, I, okay. If you don't play Dragon Age, ignore this. But if I'm trying to decide whether I hate William Miles or Lord Seeker Lambert more, um and it's kind of a hard comparison i really don't know but right now i think lambert takes the cake but you never know uh i heard a rumor william miles is coming back in in mirage so he still has the uh option he will have the the day in the sun to to maybe drop further (laughs) so we'll see what happens to mr miles and shelby's ranking list in the future I feel like all bad things happen to assassins and most of them are William Miles' fault. You know? Absolutely. 100%. It's not a false statement. Especially (laughs) when you're talking about modern day assassins. All right. Well, I think we're about uh, ready to close it out. So, Eli, um, we always give our patrons and guests the chance to kind of plug anything that you're doing or um, share your socials or whatever. So um, I'll give you the floor for the next minute or so. Um, Yeah, thanks. I honestly I don't really have anything currently to plug. Um, If you're not, you should definitely be a patron of this show. So I have really enjoyed um, listening to you guys. And like I said, uh, it's encouraged me to kind of go back and give a second uh, attempt at games that I maybe didn't give a great attempt to first. So uh, yeah, that's my plug. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thanks for being here. And um, it's definitely been a really fun patron chat and um, I'm looking forward to our topic for March, whatever it may be. So, well, thank you so much for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. You can find us on Twitter at AC Lorecast. If you have any lore questions or topics to unpack, join our Cups Podcasting and More Discord server. It's the best place on the internet. You can also support us financially through our Patreon, 
find us on patreon.com slash Assassin's Creed Lorecast. The Assassin's Creed Lorecast is part of the Robots Radio Network. For more information about the Robots Radio Network, join the Discord server via the link in our episode's description. If you enjoyed the show or learned something new today, please subscribe, leave us a review, and join the Patreon. And if you enjoyed our intro and outro music, make sure you give a big thank you to Pipe Man Studios. Thank you, Pipe Man. Thanks again for listening to the Assassin's Creed Warcast. And always remember, Assassins, stay in the shadows to serve the light. When a wasteland detective and a vault girl cross paths, no criminal is safe. You're both under arrest. Don't move a muscle if you know what's good for you. Based in Bethesda's Fallout series, follow Walter and Bunny as they traverse the Texas Commonwealth and New Vegas, busting big crime rings. We'll need all we can to expand into Vegas territory. And surviving anything the wasteland can throw at them. It's him! It's the Mothman! Featuring a series of nail-biting narratives and guest stars from across the Fallout community. It's anybody's guess what thrilling case is up next. War never changes, does it, Bonnie? No, it certainly does not. True Vault Escapades, a Fallout audio drama. Available anywhere you get podcasts.